Hey everybody, welcome to Klaus to the Heart live on ON TV. I'm Jason Klaus. We thank you so much for taking time out of your evening on this Friday night to watch the show. We have we have a good one for you. We have part two of our interview with Aaron Reeves, and then uh, later on in the show, I have some commentary of my own on uh, a topic or two that we are going to discuss. Um, we got a lot of positive feedback from the last time we were here on ONTV, um, specifically with, with Mr. Reeves and the incredible story that he shared with us. And that was just part one. So we're, we are going to jump right into this thing. Welcome back to the show, Aaron Reeves. Aaron, welcome back to Klaus to the Heart Live, sir. How, how are we doing today? Doing good. How are you? Good, man. We're doing good. Uh, I want to thank you first for 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 coming back onto the show because you have such a remarkable story. Uh, the last time you you were here, we talked about your childhood and your time in the military and the unceremonious ending to that, right? Nice. And uh, we started to dive into the the addiction yes. that 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 you that you were a part of, and we started to get into. Uh, the part of your life where you started to come out of that, right? And uh, it helped with your sister and brother-in-law, if 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 I'm not mistaken, and uh, they were very instrumental, I would imagine, with your road to to recovery. Am I somewhat right with, with yes, that? Sir. Okay. So now we want to we want to touch on the um, the second half, and you know the the military thing is done, and you're starting to work your way out of the the addiction uh slowly but surely i'm sure you know it doesn't happen overnight in in my am i right in, in that assumption yeah yeah it doesn't happen overnight i'm actually still uh having some issues with addiction still and you know it's been 11 years clean and sober and i still have my everyday battles sure so that's we're gonna we're, we're gonna tackle that here in a little bit but let's Let's fast forward your story to Desiree, which is your wife. Yes. And um, I would imagine, you know, she has been just a, a tremendous influence. She has a tremendous impact on, on your life. Take us back, if, if you will, and how did Desiree come, come into the picture? Well, it was about 2009, August. I was living in Lapeer, across some big lots, and friends, uh, just his basement, mm -hmm. and uh, we were kind of putting together money uh, for a house to rent, and uh, that fell through, and uh, they gave me just pretty much a couple weeks' notice to get out and called my brother-in-law, Dean, who always I always do when I have problems. And No, he's the one that invited you to come to their house yep. they yep. you woke up to a contract one morning yep. right if yes the terms that if you were going to live here this is what you had to do yes okay yep. and then uh so by that point you know i'm i'm living with them and i started uh it's on uh myspace one night just kind of myspace myspace so we're going way back way old school old old okay. um <laughs> just sitting in the basement and uh kind of just interested in looking for a new girlfriend and wanted to get away from Lapeer, from all those people that, you know, I used to party with. And so I wanted to meet someone new and found this, uh, I say it all the time, she laughs about it, but uh, 
found this cute little picture. She was she was a little emo girl and really cute, and she lived in Davison and. Okay, for those who are not f familiar with with the emo, uh, emo, thing, it, it was explain a, what that is. It's more of a, a, a kind of a, a in, in a guy's term, a, a man that would be almost gothic, but with makeup, and they would listen to more of the emotional metal kind of music. Bullet for My Valentine, Good Charlotte, a little bit of the Green Day, you know, kind of the newer popper punk stuff, but still a little bit metal to it. Um, so, you know, piercings, the black hair. Pales, yep. pale complexion. Yep. Okay. Yep. okay. So, uh, I, I sent her a horrible message. Horrible. I mean, you know, I introduced myself and, you know, I told her, told her, you know, my situation, you know, living in Grand Blanc, looking for someone new, some new friends, you know, I asked her if she was single and if she wasn't, you know, I was still looking for friends, so, mm -hmm. and, uh. She wanted to talk, you know, send me a reply. And sure enough, I think it was the next day, she sent me a message and we started talking just through messages. And then we went on a date. Our first date was at uh, Trillium in Grand Blank. We saw the movie uh, Brothers, with <laughs> Toby Maguire. And uh, Toby Maguire. Yeah, that was, that was the first date. And uh, it just continued after that. All right. So. You guys started started date. Yep. And uh, relatively soon after the first date, I would imagine. Uh, Probably immediately, or what? I mean, did it take a little bit longer? Well, to, to get that ball rolling. Well, three months we were living together. We okay. had our own apartment. I moved out of my sister's. Um, you know, I was battling my problem with addiction with drugs. She was battling her own problems which I'm not comfortable sharing on the air, oh, but sure. you know, she had her own addictions and her own problems. So we really helped each other more of a, I watch your back, you watch mine. We stay clean together and. That's fantastic. And up being more of a more, you know, an intimate relationship. And then, like I said, three months into our relationship, we moved out. She lived with her parents. I lived with my sister and we got an apartment in uh, Davidson. Okay. So, at this point in your life, would you say that things are on the upswing? Yes, yeah, I, I mean, it, it was looking up for me. At the time, you know, I was working three jobs. She was working a job. Had my first place of my own, moving forward in life. And uh, yeah, everything was going good. The one thing that really struck me that, that you just said was, the basis of your relationship you i have your back you have mine and and to me that that really speaks volumes on the level of commitment to the to the relationship right because you 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 guys both have your your you're dealing with your own challenges you know with your addiction she's got her thing going on but the fact that you know, you two kind of, it, it almost was like the stars were, in, it, the, the way that I'm hearing your story, the stars were in alignment. She needed you as much as you needed her. Would, would that be fair to say? Yeah. Okay. So later on in the relationship, uh, the, the kids start to come into play, right? Uh, yeah, actually it was God, probably around June maybe. Mm-hmm. We were uh, watching TV and we lost power in the apartment. So, broke out some candles and we decided to play Clue. 
Okay. <laughs> and uh, end of the game, it was Colonel Mustard in the kitchen with a knife. And about August, it was getting close to my birthday because we were talking about what we were going to do for my 23rd birthday. And uh, I, my, I cleaned uh, two different snap fitnesses that night. Well, actually, three. I was doing Clio, Flushing, and uh, the one in Flint. And I would drive home, go to bed at night, and then she get, she worked at the Davison Bakery at Kroger's. Mm -hmm. And uh, she woke me up probably about 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, because I wouldn't get home from work till about 4, 3.30, 4. So she woke me up just crying. She told me she was pregnant. And my thought was, it's her mom is going to kill me. Uh -huh. I'm scared of her mother. Sure. And... Uh, she calls her grandma, and uh, she was just crying. And I'm thinking from her previous relationship, I was like, this ain't looking good on me. She met her ex on MySpace. He didn't treat her right. Now this is coming to me. I'm like, her mom's going to come here, and she's going to kill me. Right. Well, soon enough, uh, her mom and her stepdad and her grandmother showed up, and uh, she told her family. and With you there? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I was dead. Sure. Her mother literally kissed me and told me she was so proud to be a grandmother. All right, very, very cool. So you, obviously she didn't kill you. No, she didn't kill me. You know, that kind of went the, the opposite way, way that you thought it would be. And I can certainly understand that because I remember, you know, when I was in, in that situation, we had to tell my wife's parents that we were we're expecting so i as you're telling me this story i'm like man you're you're taking me right back to when i had to make you know be a part of, of that conversation um at what point during the pregnancy did you guys realize there was not just one baby in there there was two um it's about august okay well i mean not august october excuse me um we had my friend mike over the night before we watched iron man when mm -hmm. it came to dvd she made spaghetti for us and we were all joking, and she told my friend Mike, she goes, man, I wish I'd just have twins. I only want two. Be done and over with. Sure. He went home that night. We went to bed. Next morning, she had work, normal routine. We got in the shower, and I was covering a body wash. She was rinsing off, and she looked at me, and this is weird luck. She goes, babe, I think I'm going to pass. Falls. Falls on top of me. I'm covered in soap, so she slid right off me ripped the shower rod out of the wall and bounced her head off the toilet. Huh. Came right to. She's looking at me and she's like, what happened? I'm like, you just passed out. Called her mom. Her mom told me she's on her way to call 911. I call 911. They come. She's by now fully conscious, dressed. She doesn't know. She don't want to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. But uh, they had to check to make sure the baby was okay. So we get there. The ultrasound technician, because we were not married, excuse me, uh, would not let me stay in the room. Mm -hmm. So me and her mom went outside to smoke. And while we're walking outside, her mom goes, wouldn't it be great if you had twins? I said, Tina, I have, I'm just getting my head wrapped around having one. Mm -hmm. let's, not, let's not jump the gun here and, you know. So as we're walking in from smoking, we pass the ultrasound technician. She goes, oh, your girlfriend's got some really big news to tell you. And her mom goes, it's twins. <laughs> and here I go walking into this room, and here's Desiree looking at this line of paper, you know, pictures. And uh, she looks at me and she goes, uh, 
they told me there's two heartbeats. So what happened is Aiden moved up and cut the blood flow off to her, and that's why she passed out. Gotcha. And uh, so that was the start of the excitement of twins. Okay, so, <laughs> man, Aaron, you... <laughs> it gets rougher. Uh, it's... You, your story is just is just incredible, and a lot of this I'm hearing for the very first time, so I'm like, man, I'm not really sure where the hell to go with this, but um, during the course of the pregnancy, you realize that there's problems. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, take, take, take me through, I mean, you don't have to go into graphic detail, but I mean, take me through the, um, the process here. Well, after the pregnancy, well, during the pregnancy, um, because of twins, um, they wanted to start giving Desiree steroid shots okay. to help, you know, not speed up the process, but to, you know, help it a little bit. And um, it was uh, January 20th. We had a normal OBGYN appointment. We were going to come home, do laundry. That was the plan, was laundry. And uh, Tina. She looks at Desiree and she goes, I'm not going into work today. Just, I don't feel right. She's like, something just feels off. So we get my old uh, Buick. I don't remember what it was in my first car, though. We're driving to Grand Blank with OBGYN is. And uh, we get there. They do some tests. And uh, the doctor goes, I think we're going to send you guys to Hurley today. He says, just something doesn't sound right. We're just going to get you there. Why want, want you get looked at? And, you know, so... Uh, Tina goes, do we need to go by ambulance? She goes, no, 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 nothing, nothing important like that. Just get in your car, you know, and you guys will get there sooner than by going ambulance. So we do, and driving down the highway, and all of a sudden my car just starts shaking. Tina's in the back seat smoking. She looks out the back, and there's sparks just dragging. And she goes, it sounds like your muffler is off. Pull off 75 onto, uh, it's over there on Hill, and it was uh, the Bob Evans. Mm-hmm. So her friend, Nikki, that works at GM with us, came and picked us up, called my brother-in-law. He was going to look at the car. We go to the hospital. So they get there. They put this giant strap on Desiree. And uh, they had everyone leave the room besides me and her. And uh, he looks at the doctor who actually delivered Desiree. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, it's... it's Kind of funny how that came yep, full circle. Yep. Okay. So um, the doctor comes in and he goes, well, we got some important decisions to make. One of your children might not make it tonight. And he gave us the rundown on having them early to see if they can save who would be Aiden mm -hmm. or let Aiden pass away and just let Isaac grow full term. Okay. So that automatically just tears and, um, but we talked and uh, something I've actually pulled from wrestling from the big show is either you go big or you go home. And I said, I, I couldn't live with the what if. Right. What if we let Aiden die and I couldn't do it. So. Uh, did they give you any indication as to what was going on? Uh, Aiden's heartbeat, if I remember correctly, it was on like 10 a minute. Okay. He had a hole in his heart. And uh, so they went right into surgery and uh, 
it was literally uh, Isaac was born first, and then uh, five no, just five seconds. It's literally they cut her open. I'm talking to her whole time. She doesn't know what's going on. They cut Desiree open, and literally they there's about 15 people in there, and they've just pulled Isaac out, held him up, Dad, baby A, handed him off, pulled Aiden out, Dad, baby B, handed him off, and then it was I think almost two months. Well, Desiree didn't even meet the boys for the first two days. They were still, for the first two days, they were baby A and baby B, because I didn't want to name. Sure. And uh, just how it went is uh, I, we both in the same mind had baby A was going to be Aiden and baby B was Isaac. Mm -hmm. So after, I forget exactly how many days, um, we find out Isaac has to go in for brain surgery. He has to get a reservoir and a shunt put in. And uh, that was a rough one because we had Aiden and Flint and they had to fly Isaac down to Detroit. Oh, okay. And uh, I think three days apart, four days, I mean, it was, that was a rough night because literally as they're packing Isaac up, uh, the family that was next to us had to uh, say goodbye to their child. That was an one to watch. Sure. And uh, so Isaac went down to uh, Detroit to Children's to have what would be one of the many surgeries that child has had. Mm -hmm. And I mean, uh, I mean, you have had talks about yeah. uh, his surgeries. So, but he came out good, and it was about two months until we even got to hold him in the NICU. They were born. I always mess it up. Uh, I know, I think Isaac was two pounds and 12 ounces, and Aiden was, uh, I want to say like two seven. Two two or okay. is, is the notes that I have okay. here. So it was, I don't wish early pregnancies like that on anyone. They were born at 28 weeks old, wow. and they were premature diapers. They literally would have to wrap around them they were so small mm -hmm. now this whole thing started Aiden had a hole in his heart yes so obviously they were able to get that with caffeine really yep yep with caffeine um Aiden for a long time in desert used to have to take shifts Aiden we so after the boys came home the boys went back well Aiden did mm -hmm. Aiden ended up dying on my uh, mother-in-law's floor. My mom came over and uh, I, they they just got home like maybe three, four days. They haven't been home long. And uh, my mom came over and she was holding Aiden. And uh, Tina noticed that he was turning blue. Blue as a Smurf. She called 911. I did the whole CPR class with Desiree before the boys came home, so, but she got 911 on the phone. I kept Aiden breathing, but turned out Aiden had sleep apnea. So at night, he would, well, all day, he'd be wearing a machine. Mm -hmm. And if he'd stop breathing, this machine, it sounded like a uh, smoke detector, would go off and then you check him. And when they finally, went after the, oh, it 
was forever. It felt like two, three years. Well, I think it was only a year of him wearing this monitor. Uh, he had a uh, hundred and something alarms, and only one was real. Hmm. But uh, so how the shifts would work is at night, I would stay up with them because I worked at a restaurant as a dishwasher. So I'd get home at 11, Desiree would go to bed, I'd stay up with the boys because every three hours they had to be fed. Mm -hmm. So I'd stay up all night, listen for the monitor, feed them, play video games while Desiree slept. Desiree would get up at nine, I would go to bed, and she'd be with the boys all day. So, man, I, I just, I can't even begin to imagine just the just the toll that it, that that it, something like that would take on you and Desiree. I it's, mean, I'm not a uh, I'm not a believer in God at all, but I don't know. Is it just that both me and my wife are hard headed, and my kids are? But they both of them have been through <laughs> surgeries and survived death, and they still go. Mm -hmm. And I, it just blows my mind on, you know, they just had their ninth birthday. And just, it's how lucky we are. So when you guys are going through all this, you know, the multiple surgeries, you got one kid in one area of the state, you got another one in Detroit, and, you know, you're trying to juggle the sleep schedule with, with Aiden and everything happening with Isaac. It, was there any point where the addiction started to come back into play? Was it something that you used as a crutch to try to get past a bad day or anything like that? Or was that just so far off your radar because now your your focus is on these two li little people? Um, at the, when they were born, I had no cravings for drugs, nothing. I, at the moment when they were first born, I quit smoking cigarettes. Mm -hmm. So I was dealing with that. But I don't really remember having a drug flare up until about two years ago at that party, a friend from work. That was, well, not even two years ago, about a year and a half ago. Cause it was right before we went to the new trim shop. So, okay. um, yeah, no, I, haven't until recently been dealing with addiction so I mean those two little guys man I remember me and Desiree were hurting on money my dad bought me a bass guitar 10th grade year of high school I sold my bass guitar to buy diapers I mean addiction never crossed my mind when they were first born and I mean it's just it's pretty remarkable because in, I know people who have dealt with a similar issues with the addiction, certainly not with, you know, everything happening with, with your kids, but the, the struggles of addiction and, 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 and the power that it can have over people. I've, I've, watched my, I've watched friends die from it. I've watched people pull themselves out of it, get sucked right back in for one, thing, for one reason or the other. Uh, a lot of times it can be categorized as a crutch. You know, they they had a bad day. They don't know how to deal with it. They feel like crap, and they go they revert back to what they felt uh, 
you know, made them feel good. And the fact that you did not do that, I mean, just speaks volumes of your commitment to your kids, for one, which is one of the most admirable things about you as a person that I have come to know, you know, personally, you know, aside from the MWO and, you know, our work relationship, you know, we've developed a pretty good friendship, you know, and I, 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 I say it all the time how remarkable um, your drive and, and your mindset is when you, when you are motivated, when you are focused on something, dude, you are, you are an inspiration. This story um, is, I mean, this is something that, that could be written for a movie, you know what I mean? It's, it, and I, I, I can see the passion in your eyes. I, I can feel the passion in your words. And it, man, I tell you, I, I had respect for you before, and I have a, you know a tremendous amount of respect for 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 Desiree. But as you're telling me this, and I've met Isaac, you know Isaac and I have a pretty cool uh, re, re, uh, relationship. Uh, Aaron brings him to the wrestling shows, and you know that kid is hell bent on taking the company over if my kids don't want it or He's, they they want he wants some sort of behind the scenes he role. He wants to work for you. We have talked and he wants, his goal in life is to do something with wrestling. With him being disabled and having the shunt in his head, he cannot physically wrestle, but he is determined he to has do a sharp mind. something with wrestling. And yeah. I mean, more power to him. Yes. Now, let's focus on Isaac for a little bit. You you alluded to the fact, now Aiden, for the most part, doing okay now, right? Yes, Aiden has. Um, he's he's gonna be me. It's we are, have different hobbies and interests, but he is personality wise. He is me. We mm-hmm. have the same looks, the same facial expressions. He has um, horrible ADHD. Well, not ADHD, but um, just attention problem. He takes medicine right now for it, um, but that is his only problem. Is mm-hmm. he's just really hyper he's having some issues in school with bullying but like he's being bullied yes yes and then uh but besides (laughs) that he's a normal nine-year-old boy now isaac he's he's normal but he's he's my trooper he's had uh three brain surgeries two eyes uh he goes through physical therapy he gets botox injections every six months uh physical therapy twice a week two sessions a day uh he gets physical therapy at school and uh yeah he's he has uh cerebral palsy torticollis and uh, hypotonia which is what the hypotonia is what causes the cerebral palsy man dude uh, you know, and when you see Isaac, he's he's got one of those personalities that uh, it's very infectious. Nothing. And, and he 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 will never he will never let on that anything is wrong. He has the biggest confidence in the world. He thinks that he is a ladies' man. <laughs> About four <laughs> months ago, we were at Myers. These two probably nine-year-old girls were working at fish food. He walks up to these girls, 
looks at him and goes, hello, ladies, and makes a pose. <laughs> I grab him by the wrist, and I go, come here. What are you doing? Well, they were cute, Dad. <sighs> he is just girl crazy, and he has all the confidence in the world. What would you say is your biggest, for you personally, what's your biggest challenge? What's your biggest hang-up? Is it dealing with the stress of having a special needs kid and and everything that goes along with that? I mean, you're just giving us the tip of the iceberg, I'm sure. Your day-to-day life, I man, I, I, I couldn't, it's gotta be, one thing after another by by the way it sounds i mean what would you say is if if you could take one thing away to de-stress because i i know you i've seen you know i see you just about every day i can tell that you're stressed out you know a lot of times and i know for those who are not aware he and i work together i at our our shoot jobs for for GM, you just came back to third shift. I just started. And uh, third shift, anybody who, you know that works mid- the midnight hours knows that that is not an easy shift to work because we are not wired to be up at that time of day. But we're but we're in there, and we're working, and I know there's been some sort of of adjustments for you, um, you know, personally. Is that fair to say? Uh, I've been dealing with some personal issues. Um, some people that know me on, uh, you know, in, in real life, uh, I put on Facebook a couple weeks uh, last week. Didn't think about what I said. I was having a rough night because I'm on my third week on third shift, and it's just, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's not what I'm used to, but uh, I went on Facebook, and uh, I just put goodbye, right. and I logged out. Um my goodbye was a goodbye to social media for some time being. I wanted to step back and uh, just catch my breath. Um, me and my wife, uh, we almost lost our house. The strike really hit us, and I went in and got some online loan sharks. And that cost a lot. Sure. Um, and just some other stresses between Christmas, birthday, the strike, work, now being on third shift, just uh, just everything was just catching up with me and I just, I had to step back. And uh, a friend from high school contacted me and I was gonna go after work and hang out with them. And Coke came into play and that was the night that I got off social media. I I broke down. I had a panic attack at work, my first time ever. Um, but the first time in my life when I was offered this, that I actually kind of wanted to say yes. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. It, this was my first time last year when it happened, it was no, total lie. Just to get me out of that situation, I was cool, calm, collect this time. There was no lie to tell. I couldn't get away. I was stuck at work. And it was 2 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't call my wife. And, you know, like you said, me and you have become really close friends. Um, 
that's why I text you because I needed someone to talk to bad. Um, so. The, yeah, that uh, it just so happened that the day that you uh, texted me, uh, my family and I were, we just came back from a trip to Alaska actually. And when we were up there, um, we, the day you were trying to get a hold of me, we happened to be in, in a, a very remote part of Fairbanks, Alaska, where there was no reception, no internet, nothing. And it wasn't until we got back to civilization that the text messages started coming in. A mutual friend of ours um, actually uh, texted, you know, not through Facebook or anything, but actually texted me and asked me if I had talked to you and if I, if I had been on Facebook. and. And I hadn't been up until that point. So when I saw that, um, you know, I, you you gave the reasoning. Okay, I'm, that's my I'm getting off social media for a bit. But you can understand, I'm sure, that when you see, you know, your post with yes. one word, yeah. why yeah. it created such a panic. Well, right? literally, um, my sister called me at I uh, first break at work. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she has a newborn child, well not newborn, my uh, niece, she's a two, and then my nephew is five. Okay. So she has children of home, 1.30, first break set, yeah, one fifteen in the morning calling me. It's kinda, I didn't think nothing of it because I'm already in a different mode right now, stuff running through my head. So she called me and she's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm in my car at work, on break, you know. She's like, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine, why? She goes, just calling to check up on you. I'm like, okay. And she's like, I can't call and check up on my brother. I said, no, you can. It's just, it's weird. And it still didn't click to me until I got home that next morning. And I guess everyone's woken my wife up and her grandmother's calling. And so, and I do apologize to people that were worried about me, but that was just my way of uh, just kind of, like when me and my wife have an argument, I go for a drive, mm -hmm. I, I get away. So I don't say something hateful or mean that I don't mean and I don't want to regret later. So that's why I got away from everyone is because I don't, I know who I am. Well, as uh, we wrap up this segment, I, there's, a, there's a couple of things that I would like to relate to you and uh, the reason why I wanted to bring you back on was because your story resonated with more than a couple people. After we did the show here on ONTV last month, um, I got a couple of emails through the Gmail account in response to your your segment on the last show and how inspiring it was and how they had gone through through similar addiction issues and things of that nature. What I will say, and um, I replied to a couple of these emails, and you and I have talked about it, is um, the one thing that I, I would say to you, Aaron, is is never, never underestimate your own value. And um, what I mean by that is, I don't know a whole lot of people that would have been able to take on the challenges that you've been met with through life and still be here to talk about it. 
because uh, a, a lot of times, you know, like I alluded earlier, you know, I've had friends that were battling drug issues, alcohol issues, life in general just uh, was giving them curveball after curveball, and they didn't know how to handle it. And it was easier to just revert back to a behavior that was ultimately self-destructive because they're no longer here. You know what I mean? You, on the other hand, my friend, um, you work a ton of overtime. You're you're at work most every day. You're doing everything that you have to do to take care of your family. And my friend, that is one of the most admirable things about you as a person. And I think that is, you know, underappreciated, you know. Um you know, you wear your Slipknot shirts and, you know, you, 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 you listen to really loud music. And, you know, on the surface, for people who don't take the time to get to know you, they kind of paint you. And uh, I'm just speaking generally, not you specifically, but, you know, they don't take the time to get to know the person. Okay. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I am very, I've, I consider myself very fortunate that I have had the opportunity to get to know you on a variety of levels, you know, professionally, um, you know, working at the truck plant in Flint, or you came to work for the MWO, and but we got to develop this this you know personal friendship. Um, you are worth a million dollars, my friend, and you, you, there will be days. I have no doubt for the foreseeable future where you don't know where to go you don't know what to do and you may seem like the whole world is coming down on your shoulders especially with the challenges that you and your wife deal with on a daily basis um, I've met your wife I've met your kids and I can tell you wholeheartedly that you are doing one hell of a job and you need to be proud of yourself a lot more than what you give yourself credit for. That makes sense. Yes, sir. Okay. Is there anything else you want to say before we uh, r r uh, wrap up your story here? Just uh, if anyone ever needs help with addiction, um, I'm always here to listen. People can talk to me. They can yell towards me. I, I know what people go through, so. I will be in here if anyone ever needs it. And that's very important. It's very important to have somebody that you feel that, whether you've known them for 20 years or you just met them a couple of weeks ago, you know, sometimes you just need to have that person to vent to, you know, just to have an open ear that's maybe not going to be so judgmental. You know, I, I can totally understand that. Aaron, you are a class act, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you for everything. Uh, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I am going to uh, tackle a, a, a topic of my own with my own brand of commentary. So with that, we will be back right after this. Find new treasures or sell a few of your own during Orient Township Closet Cleanout Garage Sale on Friday, March 6th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Orient Center. Dozens of sellers will set up offering clothes, knickknacks, home decor, and a whole lot more. 
Then on Saturday, March 7th, vendors will be inside the Orient Center for the Toy and Comic Expo and Antique Market. Bring the little ones and shop for comics, collectibles, Hot Wheels, and more. That's the Closet Cleanout Garage Sale on Friday and the Toy and Comic Expo and Antique Market on Saturday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Orient Center. Parking and admission is free. To get involved or for more information, call 248-391-0304, extension 3500, or visit orientparks.com today. Lake Orion families are invited to hop on over to the Orion Center for the 2020 Bunny Bop on Saturday, March 28th, beginning at 9.30 a.m. Pose for a photo with the Easter Bunny. Enjoy refreshments, create crafts, and take part in a hunt for Easter eggs filled with candy and other surprises. Children will be divided by age groups and are encouraged to bring their own basket. And for the older kids in the family, Orion Township is holding its annual flashlight egg hunt on Thursday, April 9th, beginning at 7.45 p.m. Kids ages 9 to 15 are invited to come out to Fort Pontiac at Camp Agawam to hunt for eggs in the dark. There will be plenty of photo opportunities at the 2020 Bunny Bop and Flashlight Egg Hunt. For more information, call 248-391-0304, extension 3500, or visit orionparks.com. TV invites you to take part in our 10-week video production class. The class meets on Monday nights from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. and offers instruction on studio production, field production, and non-linear editing. Upon completion of the class, you get access to ONTV's facilities and equipment to produce your own program or short film. The cost is $30 for Lake Orion residents, $60 for non-residents. For more information, give ONTV a call at 248-393-1060 or visit orionontv.org today. Welcome back to Klaus and Hart Live on ONTV. I am Jason Klaus, and uh, man, we're still still trying to wrap my head around everything that we just heard with uh, the interview with Aaron Reeves, and I'm going to touch on that here in a little bit. But before I do, I wanted to let all of you know, uh, first of all, just how much I appreciate uh, all of the, all of the support that the show has gotten, whether it be here on ONTV or on YouTube, and uh, we will get back to our regularly weekly schedule for the YouTube show starting next week. But we will be back here live on ONTV on Friday night, March the twentieth at six p.m. I'm going to have Todd Gilbert on here, uh, a just one of the most talented people I have ever known. And um, like Aaron, uh, he has an, an incredible story, um, overcoming challenges, overcoming obstacles to pursue that dream. And anybody that watches my show on any kind of regularity, you know how big I am about people following you know, their dreams. You know, essentially, that's what this show is. And... Um, you know, I wouldn't, I would not be able to do what I I love to do in in this kind of format without those helping me, 
And uh, a lot of times uh, we get so wrapped up with our everyday lives that, you know, we kind of lose sight on us. You know, we are in, we live in a world now where it's become very self-imposed. It's, you know, this newer generation, not all, you know, cer- certainly not all, but there is a good contingency of the of the generation, the younger generation now that it's all about what can you do for me versus when I grew up, it was what can I do for you? Uh, I find now that I am in the stage of my life that I'm in, um, there's got to be a balance. Um, It it cannot be a one-sided thing. That goes with just about any relationship that you have, personally or professionally. I have found now that I am at this point in in my life, um, as much as I want to be able to make myself available to help other people, like for, for instance, if Aaron here was having a bad day and he needs somebody to talk to. I want to be able to to provide that for him and I and, and I understand um, you know that's not always going to be the case you know as it as it turned out as we heard earlier in in, in the program here I was out of town and I was not reachable um, at the same time I feel like um, we really need to make a concentrated effort, and I mean everybody, because the overall morale right now is one of such chaos and turmoil and drama, and a, a, a lot of it I feel like is just, man, there's a, a serious lack of communication for one. People have um, you know, taken more to social media to voice their displeasures, their concerns, their issues, versus taking time out and actually addressing the specific, you know, issue with the person that it may be involving. I find that, um, especially for us as we become adults, we are we are being taught different things on how we should handle, you know, certain situations on how we are expected to, to deal with things. Like, um, you know, how many of you have have been through this, you know, possible scenario? You're getting ready to marry the love of your life, and the the girls, you know, if you're a dude, the girl's dad will pull you aside and threaten your life with um, just the the damnness round of violence that you've ever heard if you were to ever do anything to hurt his daughter. Justifiably speaking, as a father of of a daughter, I don't know what I would do if another guy hurt my my little girl, and I understand that. Uh, when kids start to come into play, you are expected to, um, you know, that kid comes to the forefront and everything else goes to the wayside. And I totally agree with that because your children, your child, your children, what, what, whatever the case may be, they look to you, they depend on you for guidance, for support, for them, 
for you to teach them the ways of life. And a lot of times, especially as they get older, going into the teenage years, their attention span to what you're telling them on the surface may not look like it's really resonating with them, but I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that they are listening. What I find is that we get so wrapped up in trying to do everything for everybody else that a lot of us, a lot of you, will actually put your wants, needs, and desires on the back burner. Now, having a family, um, having a good job, having the responsibilities of being an adult can be challenging at times, and not everything is ever going to go the way it's supposed to. That's just the way that it is. Um, We need to understand that at this, as you become an adult, things are not always going to go your way, but instead of, you know... Building up a bunch of drama because of it, what can you do to, you know, kind of alleviate some of that pressure? A lot of which we put on ourselves. What I, what I can tell you and what I would su- suggest is, yes, you have responsibilities that should be at the forefront. Um, you, are, you are expected to... Um, to take care of your family, to take care of your spouse, to take care of your your children. But it cannot be a one-sided thing. It has to be um, a joint partnership because if it's one pulling the weight for all, eventually they are going to start to wear down. They're going to start showing significant signs of wear and tear. Emotionally, physically, all across the board. It does affect you one way or the other. If you have a bad day, you're in a bad mood, and you're taking it out on somebody that has no affiliation with what the problem may be, that is a sure tale sign that you need a break. You need to take a moment to, uh, you know, even if it's just an afternoon, You go see a movie by yourself, something to take you out of your everyday routine, to take you out of your everyday responsibilities, whether it's focusing on a hobby, whether, um, you know, you, you want to sit down and watch a movie that you, you know, you haven't watched in a while or one that you have been wanting to see, you got to take some time for yourself because you, because ultimately if we are, if we put ourselves on the back burner long enough and we put every single other issue at the forefront and you will start to, uh, you'll forget about yourself and eventually that starts to cause resentment and it starts to cause hurt feelings because you feel like you are not being attended to perhaps in the way that you think that you should. And we are human beings. We have feelings. We have our own, every person has their own wants and desires, their goals, their dreams. Now, if you are an an individual where the only thing that you want to do with your life is to be that person 
that rock for for uh, for other people and you don't necessarily care one way or the other as to pursuing your own goals and dreams and you are perfectly happy not content happy you know being in that role then bless your heart you know there's a lot of, there's a lot of people like that my mother was like that so i i seen that aspect of it and I would never in a million years, and I don't want this to to come across as as something that, um, you know, I am looking to neglect my responsibilities as a husband or a father because that is not the case. But there are some, there are people who feel like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders because they do not have that opportunity to digest, to decompress, to focus on themselves for a period of time. And I, and I don't mean through a, a half-hour sitcom or even a two-hour movie. You know, every single person deserves to have an opportunity to do something that legitimately makes them happy. It puts them in a happy place. For me, in, 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 in the way that I do things, I am very much into different realms of entertainment. Um, I, you know, my real life, my shoot life, as it's called in, in the professional wrestling business, um, I'm, I am very happy with both aspects of my life, both professionally and personally. Because I have, I have carved out time in my day to do things like this. And I'm sure that there are some of you who are watching this now live here on ONTV or you will watch the replay, whether through Facebook or through YouTube when it becomes available. And when it, when it does become available, we'll be sure to share the link. There's a cheap plug. Um, Listen, I, I, I know what I talk about does not you know, re resonate with everybody because it may not fit your, your specific you know, circumstance. But a lot of people do need that break. And a lot of people do need to be reminded that they are just as important as the ones that they are caring for. And if I had to bottom line it, that would be it. You deserve to be as happy as you try to make other people. And with with Aaron's, you know, situation and, you know, just the everyday challenges of, of raising, you know, a special needs child and still to this day, as you, as you heard, still battling the residual effects of, of addiction. Um, Aaron, you know, He's into the video games. He's into the Pokemon. He works for a professional wrestling organization. That is his release. And uh, I, I firmly believe that every single person, they, it's in you. You know, what makes you happy? And as long as it doesn't hurt you or somebody else cause you a great deal of drama or pain, you are entitled you are you are deserving, I guess I should say for for you know a better term. Um, you are deserving of that opportunity to 
make yourselves happy just as much as you would make somebody else happy. So with that being said, um, I want to thank you again for your continued support for watching the show here tonight. Uh, for the fine people here at ONTV to open the doors to allow me to have my own my own carved out time to do something that I truly enjoy and I know I'm kind of rambling here but you know I am a very firm very firm believer that um, you should take take a moment out of every single day and let somebody know in your life how much they mean to you and how much you appreciate them. Uh, we will be back here live on ONTV on March the 20th. I'm going to have Todd Gilbert with me. Uh, very much looking forward to that interview. And I believe, and I hope I'm not uh, messing anything up for, for Todd here, but uh, he's got a new album coming out. And uh, hopefully we will get some sort of a preview to his new project. And, he, man, he's got a lot of irons in the fire at you know, with his 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 music and and music videos, writing new songs, and he's going to take us through that whole process as well as his own challenges of overcoming um, obstacles and challenges. You know, to, to get to where he's at now. So, um, and then look for us uh, on YouTube uh, next Wednesday. I I believe it is. We will have a brand new episode of Klaus to, to the Heart. On our on our YouTube channel, and uh, once this show is available for on demand, we will certainly uh, relay that information. So, thank you so much for watching this episode of Klaus to the Heart Live on ONTV. Take care of yourselves and each other, and we will see you soon.